Hello, Prabhas. Welcome to Film Companion South. Hello. Now, we make a lot of action movies, right? I mean, you yourself have made Rebel and Mirchi and all that. Yeah. So, when Saho is advertised as the biggest action thriller in India, yeah. how would you define it? I mean, what is so different about this action as compared to the action that we've seen earlier in Indian films? So, the biggest action we have seen, uh, forget about Shole, Mughalism, everything, um, Robo, is the biggest action, Bahubali is the biggest action, but Robo is a sci-fi film and uh, Bahubali is a periodic film, right. but this is a present film. So everything we use is like the technology we have, like Jetman, if you see in the trailer, it is the, you can, when you type YouTube Jetman, you can see the Jetman. So we made it, you know, bigger, but uh, everything what is there, we use the trucks, which you see in the trailer is like, it's a real truck in full speed, like maybe in 60 it was sliding. We got the truck drivers from uh, who worked in Transformers. The cars were real. We used remote control cars to crash really. And you know, yeah, all the things were mostly the real actions. That's why the cost was very high. And we did uh, most of it in Abu Dhabi, Italy, some portion. Everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Not a Bomb Podcast. This is the podcast where we go back and revisit movies that bombed theatrically or the critics just weren't very nice to and give a second look and maybe reevaluation. Brad, we're on episode 95. This was your pick. You picked a film and quite honestly, a genre of film I thought you would never, ever, ever pick because you've been very adamant that you absolutely hate musicals. I, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I popped my uh, Bollywood cherry, Troy, this weekend. It was, you know, we went out on a nice dinner. I let Bollywood, you know, come back into my apartment and uh, <laughs> we put on the soft music and we made sweet, sweet love for the first time. So what, um, did, what did you pick this week to for as your first Bollywood film? Uh, I picked the 2019 uh, extravaganza, I will say, of Saho. Um, I, I will say... I was watching Amazon Prime and I don't remember what it was, but you know, sometimes it'll say, if you like this, you'll like this. And it said, you'll like Saho. And I watched the trailer and I was like, this is the most insane thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I want to review a Bollywood film uh, for the podcast, because if I can get through it and, and enjoy it, or at least give it a try, I think the listeners should as well. So that's kind of my genesis for coming up with my pick. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I like it. So I, yeah. I've seen uh, a few. I own a few. I will say that um, my introduction to it was accidental, kind of like yours. I think the film was called Doom 2. Uh, D-H-O-O-M. And it just blew my mind. And at that point, I'm like, well, I got to go watch the first one. And that led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. But by no means do I know really anything about this industry outside of the ones that I stumble across. And so when we got the idea to talk about these films, I, I, I kind of reached out because there is one person I know, and I've been reading his articles for a while. 
Uh, and you got to pick a Bollywood film for, for this week, and I got to pick one for next week. And even the one that I picked for next week, I never even heard about until I read this article. And as soon as I read the article, I'm like, man, I got to seek this thing out. But we are like super lucky because this individual, which we're just going to just call the expert on this uh, industry and these films, <laughs> is none other than Josh Hurtado. And he writes primarily, and, and Josh, let me make sure I get this correctly. You've been writing a, you know, about Bollywood films for a while. Now, I know I stumbled across from your work on Screen Ar uh, Anarchy, right? Yes. Is, it, is that the primary uh, place where you're, you're writing for a lot of Bollywood films or reviews? Yes. Yeah. So that's most of my writing is on Screen Anarchy since about 2010. Um, well, we were Twitch film at the time, and so we just kind of migrated over to Screen Anarchy a while back. Um, uh, I was actually brought on to to write about uh, Indian film at the time. This is awesome. And we are so excited to have you. And, and Brad and I have been talking like the last couple of days. We feel like we're going to film school tonight because we're going to just be asking you tons of questions <laughs> um, about this industry. But before we get into this, what we like to do with guests is it's sort of like a getting to know you section. So we've got a few questions and, and we haven't really told you what these questions are. I know that's unfair. But we like the unscripted, like first response. Think of it as like a Rorschach test, right? So, I'll do my best. okay, no, no, no. There's no wrong answer. It's it's <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be super interesting. So the first question I have, it's super easy, right? What is one of your favorite movies of all time? Um, my favorite movie of all time is The Return of the Living Dead. Oh, I can okay. watch that any day of the week, any time of day, and it always makes me happy. How many times do you think you've seen it? Just approximately. Is it one of those yearly watches or? Uh, typically, yeah, you know, July 3rd rolls around and that's the opening credit opening, uh, the date of the, of the film. I watch it every, every time, uh, every year on that date, if it's playing in a theater locally, which, you know, our rep theaters will do it once or twice a year, I'll go see that. And sometimes I just feel like it. So probably 25, 30, 35 times, who knows oh, wow. uh, a lot. That's awesome. All right, Brad, you got the next one. I do have the next one. Um, Josh, if Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you like to see play the lead role as you? Man, you know, that that's a tough one. I would I could I could go grandiose with it, but the the one person that I've uh I've gotten as far as like my physical appearance more often than not, uh more often than anyone else is the Verizon guy, like the Verizon guy. Like oh, the, the old Verizon. Me? Yeah, the he, can, can you hear, you hear me, me now? Guy? Yeah. That's, that's what I've gotten um more than anything. Uh I don't know if he does anything other than that. I mean, he became the sprint guy or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, <laughs> no one's making a movie about me. I'm taller than Tom Cruise, so I can't use him. Um, but only just like, I'm still a pretty, pretty little dude. Oh, okay. That's fair. Well, so here's this one I'm super interested in. So music is sort of essential to at least the, the Indian films that I've seen. And I'm, I'm curious, like who are your favorite bands or musicians? Um, I've been big into punk rock since I was 12 or 13. And so like the Ramones are one of my favorite bands. Uh, they are my favorite band, the cramps, you know, the descendants, uh, that kind of like early, early stuff, early eighties, hardcore and, and punk rock is what I kind of fall back on. If I, if I don't have, if I'm having a bad day, like I could always put on a Ramones record and feel better. Um, I know all the words to all those songs and I've been singing them, you know, in my car as long as I've been able to drive. And I, I, you know, I, that's, that's my happy place is those. 
which is completely opposite of, of the type of music that shows up in all these movies. But it's still it still gives me goosebumps like the same. I get the same sort of goosebumps uh, oftentimes in in these Indian uh, musicals. Awesome. Yeah, that that is an interesting pick. I <laughs> given how many Indian films you've seen. I guess I was curious, like, is that style of music something that you listen to outside of watching the films? But I love the fact that you, you pick, you, you're talking about the cramps. I love the cramps. My favorite. And I, yeah, my favorite and I love the, and I love the Ramones. So we're all happy. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. So who's your favorite Ninja Turtle and why? Um, I think I would have to go with Donatello uh, these days. When I was a kid, it would have been Michelangelo because he was the cool one. Um, but Donatello is more, uh, kind of exacting. I'm a math teacher in my, in, you know, my day job. And so that's, I feel like I'm more on his level. Like we're kind of the same uh, type A personalities. Um, oh, okay. I'm more that than Michelangelo these days. You do <laughs> machines as you will. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. What is your favorite movie bomb that you would recommend to everybody? Oh man. Um, I'm a huge fan of terrible movies, although I don't really know that a lot of them actually got to theaters. Uh, well, I, just one that just uh, just hit VOD this week is Moonfall. Um, Moonfall lost all of its money, um, mm-hmm. and it is probably the dumbest movie I've seen in the last five years. But I loved every stupid minute of it. I, I just <laughs> thought it was incredibly entertaining um, in kind of the same way that a lot of, you know, Indian action films are that they kind of make no sense, but you're just in for the ride a lot of the time. Um, so that, that would be my, my first pick right now. Surprisingly, that's one, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was kind of excited for, because it's almost like you could smell how bad it was just from the trailer. <laughs> and it got me so excited. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited about the 4k release of that one. Cause I, I think it's oh, one yeah. of those films that's just going to like give your, your home audio setup a, a workout. It is aggressively stupid. Like it, it makes sure that, you know, how dumb it is. Aggressively stupid. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, tonight we are going to talk about the Indian film industry and I, I got to start um, with just some general questions. So one of the things that was super interesting, and I, I only think I learned this uh, just in the last six months is that um, there's, it, I think a lot of people refer to it traditionally as just Bollywood, right? But yes. the, it it's more complicated than that. And Indian film goes back, pretty far. Right. And I got to be honest, most of the stuff that I've seen, I've probably only watched like the last 10 years. But if, if you're talking to, to both of us who are just dipping our toes into it, like just, just give us the, I guess the Indian film one oh one. like, what is it about? I, I keep hearing Bollywood, Tollywood, all these different, um, I guess, versions of that industry. But like, wh- how, how do you start talking about this subject with anybody? Well, you're right. Bollywood is is the term that most people associate with Indian film. And there's a good reason for that. Um, Bollywood refers to the Hindi language film industry centered in Mumbai, uh, which is the capital of India. And it's the financial center of India. It's the biggest city in India. Um, and those films are the largest, you know, they're the biggest budget films. They have the biggest uh, international audience. Um and so that's kind of what the world has come to think of as Indian film is what Bollywood is. Bollywood, you know, short for Bombay, Hollywood, you know, Bombay is Mumbai's old name. Mm-hmm. Um, but India is, it's not like the U S where, you know, we have uh, 
you know, we all speak English. There might be dialects and different accents from different parts of the country, but you can understand pretty much what everyone in this country is is saying, uh, no matter where they're from, to some to some degree. Uh, in India, there are hundreds of distinct languages uh, and language groups. And so, you know, the Hindi language films don't necessarily translate for audiences in other parts of the country. So Saho, for example, is a film uh, that's made in Tal- that's Tollywood. It's a Telugu language uh, film, although that's more complicated. We'll get into that later. Um, and so Telugu language films come from the states of Andhra Pradesh and Telangana, who, which are South Indian states. There's also Kaliwood, which is the Tamil language uh, film industry, which uh, is based in Tamil Nadu, another southern state. There's Mollywood, which is the Malayalam language film industry, which is based in another South Indian state of Kerala. Um, then there are other, like, there's uh, Sandalwood is one of the, the the language group, or one of the industries that's the Kannada language, which is based in the state of Karnataka. And then there are also industries in the Bengali language. Uh, there are industries in the Punjabi language, and then also in Gujarati and Haryana. And like, a, there's a lot of different language groups that all have enough of a base, enough of a, a base audience that they can justify their own, you know, film industries. Um, so, so is this just like each one of those has its own film studio, uh, staple of stars and everything else pretty much? Yeah, correct. Uh, they, they cross over once in a while and this is a film where that happens quite a bit. Um, but for the most part, they are writing for their own home audience and not very often do they actually cross over as far as popularity goes. Um, uh, because there are not only language differences, but also cultural differences uh, between different parts of the country that, you know, certain nuances don't translate across different borders sometimes. Okay. Is that why when I search for this on Amazon Prime, there's like four different versions of this on there? And I guess it's yeah. all the language stuff. Correct. Uh, and Sahu was a Sahu was a, a very big release. Um, and so what they do a lot of times in India uh, and this this last weekend, we just saw the release of RRR, which is you know the biggest one of the biggest Indian films of all time. Now, is they will take a film, especially the very large films, and they will dub it into all these different languages in order to export it to these other parts of the country. Um, and that's sort of translating over to the U.S. now and other uh, foreign countries uh, that have you know different language group uh, immigrants uh, located there that they'll. They'll have like a Hindi language version uh, in the U.S. There's a lot of Hindi Hindi language version or Hindi language screenings of RRR because that's the predominant or one of the predominant groups over here. Um, and so rather than and they used to just remake the movies, which doesn't happen as much anymore. Now they'll just dub it over uh, so that they don't have to shoot it all over again. Uh, that makes sense, because I think when I saw RRR, which I read your article and I told my son, we got to go see this. It sounds amazing. But when we went there, we, we, we had to choose between, I think, Hindi and Telugu. So uh, I think we saw the Telugu version, um, and, and it was fantastic. I, I know you've kind of preached about this one uh, through articles, and and your write-up was so good, I saw that Rotten Tomatoes quoted you twice on it. <laughs> it's a glitch. Uh, I'll take it. I mean, but yeah. Yeah. So from a, I guess, output uh, as far as what they do in terms of releases – are they as predominant as what Hollywood puts out um, in terms of number of films or scale, or is it more or less about the same comparable? Uh, India is the largest film product producing country in the world. Um, they produce anywhere from 1800 to 2000 feature films a year. Oh my God. 
um, across all the language groups. Um, now, n- not all of them are going to see, you know, big releases. A lot of them are going uh, nowadays straight to screen uh, to streaming. Um, but they've always been, you know, a, they're a rabbit culture, a rabbit, you know, f- uh, film fanatic culture over there. Far more than I've I've seen over here. And in fact, if you uh, go to like RRR, if you go to Open Weekend, you'll you'll see, you know, groups of uh, of Indian film fans going in there and just going nuts. Like you like you don't see in American films generally. You know, there were lots of stories about how uh, in Marvel films, you know, with No Way Home and all the Easter eggs and all this stuff showing up, people cheering at the screen. Like that's baby stuff. Some <laughs> Indian film uh, audiences can get up to in a screening it makes it more fun i mean they charge you out you know a uh, crazy amount sometimes for the tickets but it's like going to a rock show uh what's so speaking of that like what's your most fun memory because i i know you've also done some programming for film festivals too and uh I, I mean you've probably got so many great stories but what's a what's your most memorable i, I would say like indian film screening where you you've had that excitement in it and it was just like nothing you'd ever seen I mean, the very first one, uh, first South Indian film that I saw in a theater uh, was called Entheran, or it's Robot. Uh, it uh, came out in 2010. It was, you know, in production for, I don't know, it, it had been in the pipeline for about 10 years. And when it finally released, uh, it was, it went nuts. It was my first South Indian film. It was uh, Rajnikanth, who's a huge star, one of my idols. And I, I remember going to the theater and the line was like snaking through the lobby to get into to the theater because it was so, so full. And this was, you know, probably a 500 seat room or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember standing in line and uh, the people behind me were like, are you here? Are you sure you're in the right line for this movie? <laughs> because my skin is dark, but I'm not, I, my, my facial features don't match. And so they're kind of confused or they used to be at least when I would go to these movies. And, uh, I said, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of Rajnikanth and I've never seen one of these films before and, and all that sort of stuff. And then she, the woman behind me, she she was very kind. Like she she walked, you know, we all kind of sat together just by coincidence. And she leaned over to me before the film started and she just kind of whispered in my ear, I'm going to scream. Just to prepare <laughs> me for what was going to happen. And so, you know, the 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 film comes up and Rajnikanth is a, is a huge star over there. He gets his own like animated title card before all of the films that he's in. You know, it comes before any of the actual production credits of the film. So you know what you're in for. And as soon as his animated title card came up, the audience went nuts and there's confetti flying everywhere. and People are jumping up and down and screaming. It was so loud. You couldn't hear the first 10 minutes of dialogue in the film. Um, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> this is the most amazing thing that I've ever seen, you know, and after about 10 minutes, it died down and then something else happened. The, ch- the crowd went wild and then the song came up and people started, they were like dancing in the theater and like running through the, the aisles. It was the most amazing experience I'd ever had. And I was like, I'm going to do this as often as I possibly can, because this is rad. Like this, this, that's what, that's what got me hooked was that first, uh, that first screening. And it was a Tamil film. That sounds awesome. Those are my favorite experiences, like the midnight screenings and everybody else just sort of involved into the film and full audience participation. That that sounds awesome. I got it. I got to be honest, the screening we went to, it was it was I think we were the only ones in the theater, but we had seen it on a Sunday. But I had heard from everybody like it had sold out on a Friday or Saturday. So it seemed like in that area that we're in in, in Baltimore, 
everybody just went out and saw it like the first two days and we caught on a Sunday and we were the last one. So it's pretty, it's, it's fairly common. They even have like an acronym. It's FDFS for first day, first show. They, as soon as tickets go on sale, everyone buys the very first show available and then they buy blocks and they'll, a lot of times they'll have fan clubs and the fan clubs will make up t-shirts just for the day. So they'll show up wearing their t-shirts, you know, their fan t-shirts for, for those shows. And so I took half a day off to go see it on, you know, the, the day of release. It was a two, two o'clock in the afternoon IMAX show. Um, that was sold out um, and it just, they went bananas and I went and saw it two days later with my wife on a different large screen and that crowd went nuts. And um, I'm going to see it again, again, actually tomorrow with my son because he hasn't seen it yet. Um, and uh, it it won't be as exciting, but it's still, I mean, the movie kind of sells itself. You know, it doesn't really need all that audience stuff. It's just kind of a bonus. Uh, I, hey, my son and I were high-fiving like every 10 minutes during that film. Yeah. We were having such a, it's, it truly is. I, I wish we could talk about RRR, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's making a lot of money. It won't be on a podcast called Not no, a Bomb. <laughs> it will not. Um, I guess I, I have a follow up real quick just to yeah. kind of let our listeners know, like when they when you press play on a Bollywood film, like what are what are some things that there you should expect to see? Like, what are the characteristics? Because there are characteristics. Um. Well, on, on a lot of films, and Saho's one, um, you, you kind of expect to see a little bit of everything. Um, mm-hmm. There's the, the, the idea is that these films, uh, Saho, uh, other films like this are kind of masala films. Masala in, in, in Hindi just means mix, like it's a mix of spices. And so the masala film is a musical and it's a romance and it's a comedy and it's an action film and it's a drama and it's all of those things all wrapped up into one. And the idea is that, you know, in the olden days, I would say, not really old, but in the 60s and 70s, um, before the multiplex culture kind of, you know, grew up over here and then migrated across, uh, across around the world, um, these were being shown in single screen theaters. They were family events. So no matter what the film is or what the rating is, such as it is, uh, the whole family was going. And so there had to be something for everyone. Uh, and so... That's why also the films are so long because people want to feel like they're getting money's worth uh, when it comes to ticket sales. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be long. There's going to be a lot of melodrama. There are going to be dance numbers. You're, there are going to be action sequences. There are going to be tears. There's going to be laughter. Very, very, very broad comedy. There's going to be all of those things all in the film. And generally speaking, uh, the the age of the three-hour film, kind of like Saho, uh, is is dying down a bit uh, as some of these films are conforming more to Western standards, but they're not gone. You know, um, RRR, which I hate to keep going back to that, but it's a, a hair over three hours. This one's a little bit under three hours. Um, that used to be the standard. Now it's about two to two and a half hours is, is pretty average uh, for most films. But it's because if, if you brought your whole family out and it's the only thing you're doing that week and you get, kicked out of the theater after 90 minutes, you're going to be wondering what the hell did I just spend my money on? Um, and that's, that's part of what the, the idea is. So do they tackle now I'm a Hong Kong uh, film junkie and I feel mm-hmm. like discovering Indian film, especially in the last 10 years, it, I, I feel like the nineties Hong Kong just went over to India and started making action films there. And so I've been gravitating to, to a lot of those and, and, the first uh, Bollywood film I, I think I, I saw was Doom 2, just totally mm-hmm. by accident. It, it saw the trailer. I'm like, what is this? And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, 
This is the Pink Panther mixed with Bad Boys with some amazing musical numbers. And I was just instantly hooked. And I've been trying to to seek out a lot of the action films. Like one, mm-hmm. of, one of the best ones I'd seen uh, in a while was Commando, which uh, totally took me by surprise. Do they do a lot of genres? So when you when you're talking about you know having a mixed bag in terms of hitting every genre, do they also do dedicated genres? Like okay, this is just romance or this is just uh, horror. I, I assume there's some Indian horror films, right? I I think I've seen some titles out there. There are some. I mean, and there's a, there's a history of them. There's the Ramsey brothers who were making horror films in the 80s and 90s. Um, who they're probably the most famous, you know horror creating uh, creatives from India. Um, in the last few years, in, in 2018, there was a film called Tumbad that uh, that we showed at Fantastic Fest. That's very popular. Uh, that's a more straightforward sort of, uh, uh, you know, Western-style horror film. There's, you know, no musical numbers, no crazy weird romances or anything like that. Um, but oftentimes when they do horror films, it is still sort of, you know, hewing pretty close to the, the masala mold. So they'll, they'll typically do horror comedies. There are a lot of horror comedies um, out there, um, which are, they lean more heavily into the comedy than the horror part. Um, so Tamil films is another South Indian industry. Those tend, they do a lot of those. Uh, the Hindi film industry has started doing a few of them, a few more than usual in the last few years. Uh, Telugu films don't, they do it once in a while, but it's more rare. So yeah, there are, there are the occasional, there's the occasional single genre film or like more focused genre film. But even those like Saho is an action film, but it's also got this crazy broad comedy and it's got these musical numbers. So you can't really get away from it, um, especially when you're spending uh, the kind of money that they were with a film like this. You know, in order to recoup their budget, they have to get as much of the audience in as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. What would be some of the ones that you would recommend if somebody said, OK, I'm going to dip my toes into this. What uh, are the are the ones that you would recommend to like the rookie who's who's just coming new to this? I mean, Doom Two is a really good uh, good starting place. It's it's a lot of people's uh, entry point actually. Um, it the the time frame that it came out in it was it was just as India was starting to try and make their action a little bit more or their their films a little more western, um, and so it's a little bit less alienating, but it's still crazy. Uh, it's actually the best. There's three of those films, and it's the best of the three. Um, similarly, there's a there's a sort of action suspense thriller series called Race. There's Race and Race Two. Those are both very good, very twisty films. Um, and then, if you are looking for uh, pure romance or more like straightforward Bollywood, there are films like Dul, uh, uh, Dilwale Dulhaniya Lajayenge, which is a film from 1995. That's like one of the classic films it's you know one of the first ones that sort of took the nri which is the non-resident indian you know expats uh, audience into consideration and it was a huge hit uh there's lagan um lagan is a like three hours and 45 minutes but it's a it's a cricket and taxes drama um a cricket as in the sport in taxes yes. and taxes yes oh, okay um, and it's exceptional it's 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 truly wonderful Really? Okay. Uh, and I, I care nothing about either one of those topics, but uh, it's it's really hard not to love uh, Lagan. It was actually, I think it was the last film that actually made the the uh, Oscar shortlist, like made it to the telecast as far as you know, foreign language film nominees because they don't they don't get many of those that make it all the way onto the telecast. 
Um, so Lagan's great. Those are all Bollywood films. Um, with the other ones, it's hard to recommend just because a lot of them are very culturally specific and they're not as concerned with Western films or Western film fans. Um, and so that's kind of where I come in uh, as a as a curator and as a as a critic is to like sort of parse you know you know separate the wheat from the chaff and, and figure out like what's yes I love this thing because I know there's these elements about it but is it going to work for your general audience probably not um, and so RRR or or Rajamouli the director's other work like Magadira or Iga is one that I was really big in helping to get out there, uh, which is about a fly or a man who was murdered and then reincarnates the fly to take revenge on the person who murdered him. Um, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, I just ordered that. Um, so it, it I, I think try after I watched RR, I was like, what else are, has the, and I ran across that and I couldn't believe it. And there's, is there a sequel to that film too? No, there is not. Um, so the film came out, uh, in 2012 in theaters around the world. And I saw it when it came out on opening nights. Um, but at the time in 2012 films from this part of the country, the Telugu language films didn't play, they played in theaters, but they didn't play with subtitles. Uh, and that didn't happen until about 2015. They started adding subtitles to theatrical prints. And the reason is you know, very simple. It's just that people that don't speak Telugu don't go see these movies. So there was no need for it. Yeah. Um, and so I saw it twice in theaters, though, because I, I just, you know, it's very easy to follow. I fell in love with it because it's, I mean, just by the plot alone, you can tell it's going to be something. Um, and it, it was great. It ended up being the reason I got into film programming was I saw this film and I had people who worked in film festivals like, you guys are going to miss out if you don't show this movie because people want to see it. And so that's part of, I mean, it is the impetus behind me getting into film programming with Fantastic Fest and other festivals around the world was the idea that this movie exists and no one's going to see it unless I do something. And so I did something. Um, and, and that one is, is great. Uh, the directors made, you know, the Bahubali films are also his, those are, you know, big fantasy epics, period fantasy epics that are, you know, they're, they're, they're easy access points because they don't require you to know about the culture very much. They don't require you necessarily to know the history or the religious background because they're fantasy. And so if you do know those things, it'll enhance the experience. But if you don't know those things, you'll still be just fine. Yeah. I, I gotta say I've loved, I will, if, if you rave about something, especially screen art, I, I'm automatically going out there and watching it. Uh, and, and I gotta, you know, say thank you big time because you have opened my eyes to some stuff that had I not been following you, had I not been reading, um, I probably wouldn't have been exposed to this and I definitely wouldn't have been exposed to the movie we're going to talk about next week. But this week we're talking about 2019's, um, Saho, uh, Brad usually do the numbers and I'm, I'm sure Josh, you can help us out on this because I was a little perplexed too on whether or not this was successful because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this too. A question came in a lot of times when you look at American budgets, it's, well, here's how much it took to make. And then you take that number times two, and that's really what they got across in terms right, of right, right. you know profitability. But Brad, were you able to find anything on this one just in in the limited research out there? Yeah, yeah. So in in American dollars, I found that Saho had a budget of about forty six million dollars, um, and it made about fifty seven million dollars, um, and it actually was the second highest grossing. Indian film of, of 2019. Um, and if I misspeak, uh, Josh, please let me know. 
Um, so I found that on, on on the budget. And I was wondering, my first question was, is $46 million for an Indian film a lot? Because the United States, like that's pennies on the dollar, really. Um, so is that like a big budget film? That is a very big budget film. Yes. Okay. Um, it, it was a it was a really big deal for a number of reasons, which we'll get okay. into. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, eh, well, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I also found uh, Rotten Tomatoes does have this. Um, 12 critics did rate this film. Um, it has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 55% um, with the audience. So 8% is pretty low. <laughs> That's one one fresh out of 12. Yeah. Yes, oh my goodness. yes. If yeah, good math. Yeah. One divided by twelve would be math teachers. There we go. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's uh that's all the research I had to do the, this week, Troy. <laughs> so is that type of um profit margin, is that considered a success in, in Indian film? Um no, um it's not quite there's not quite as much required of them uh as far as marketing in, in India. The film's larger films like this tend to market themselves and the media does a very they're they're very intertwined with the with the film producers and so they have a lot more uh interconnected uh relationship than we do over here where a lot of american uh uh media is trying to get scoops or trying to you know find out negative aspects of whatever happened over there the entertainment media is very much in cahoots with 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 the film industry. And so they do a lot of the heavy lifting as far as getting stuff out there. Now that doesn't mean they don't promote, they promote the hell out of these movies, um, but they get a big push from, from the media over there. And, you know, over here outside of India, they don't even bother. Um, there is no marketing budget outside of India because okay. the audience for these films is just Indian expatriates who are already following the news from back home and so they know when those things are happening. So you won't see a trailer on TV. You won't see ads in the paper. You won't see any of the stuff you would normally see for a film out here. Uh, it's it's very grassroots outside of outside of India. Okay, that makes sense. Because there's a couple of theaters out here uh, in Baltimore that every week they've got a new Indian film. And I, I'm to the point now where I have to go and look and watch the trailer. And then uh, I, I guess as a as an American audience member, like track down information about it because there's really nothing being presented outside of, Hey, this is, this is now showing. And and there's a, the Egyptian theater out here, um, sort of on the South or uh, Southern end of Baltimore, they, they will show two or three different Indian films in a week. So, uh, there's, there's a good population for it. Now there was in, in, in past years, there used to be, uh, it was more underground. Um, I know when I moved to Dallas about 20 years ago and I first started seeing these films in theaters about 15 years ago, 12, 15 years ago, something like that. And there were two theaters in, in the area that all they did was show Indian films. Uh, one was a movie theater on one half of the building and the other half of the building was like an event center. So people would have their weddings or, or whatever there. Um, like, so sometimes you go for a big movie night and there'd be everyone all dressed up on the other side of the building. Um, and the other was in like the basement's of it was like under a strip mall so you had to like go into the strip mall it was like the screens were down below the ground um and then something happened probably about 2013 2014 where uh films started to they started to show the films in like amcs and cinemarks and the other big chains would do one screen 
like they would show they would have the film on one screen mm-hmm. and and it's expanded dramatically since then um and to the point where one of those old theaters it doesn't even operate anymore um and the other one i think kind of went under during the pandemic and so big films are going to be in there'll be one screen showing it everywhere uh, all of the theaters will have one screen of a film like rrr which is a big a big uh, release it's on over a thousand screens in in the u.s um up, up the street from me uh, i live in suburb i live in dallas proper but i'm right on the edge of the city limits and uh, about a mile from my house just over the city limits there's there was a theater a dollar theater it was a played all the second run films but then they had one screen that was set aside for malayalam language films um, which i actually found films that i've programmed at that theater um and what they do is uh, what they did at least was a process called four walling um four walling is something that used to be more common in the olden days uh where a an exhibitor or a distributor would rent out the building would rent out one screen for a set cost and then just collect all the ticket prices themselves so they would have to wager that their rental fee would be less than what oh, they would bring okay. in yeah and so uh, and they would do that every week they would four wallet every week and just kind of rake in the cash um based on that so it's and a lot of south indian films from like like this one would do that something similar to that in other theaters and now they're kind of integrating more into the standard uh exhibition system they're not all the way there yet um but it's becoming more common to to go see to go to any big multiplex in a major metropolitan area and be able to find you know two or three indian films uh, playing there yeah our regal our cinemark and amc uh even this week have two indian films probably in, in each of them so mm-hmm. uh, very common well let's 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 get into some of the details of the people behind the camera in front of the camera on this one so director is it sujith Did i say that correctly sujith sujith okay although i mean a lot of these, in a lot of these cases, your guess will be as good as mine. I, okay. I do my- <laughs> well, I'm going to defer to you, man. Um, okay, I'll take it. He's, he's made two films, uh, which kind of surprised me. So in 2014, Run Raja Run, and then um, Saho in 2019. The screenplay, so he did the screenplay, and I thought this was interesting um, as well. There are like four or five different screenplay credits. Um, Sujith gets uh, the screenplay credit, but um, Telugu dialogue credit and then they have a Tamil dialogue credit, a Hindi dialogue credit, and then there's an associate head writer, Anil Kumar Upadayola. Is is that typical that you'll see within those credits is somebody gets a credit for just the translation? Um, no, and in this case, it's not a translation. What those oh. credits are, uh, so in India, there's there's a different system for, for the way writers are credited. Okay. There's usually a, a story by credits, um, which is common. We have those here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also going to be a screenplay separate from a dialogue uh, credit. So the people actually writing the words coming out of the actor's mouths are called, they write dialogues. And then there's the screenplay is all the action um, or all of the screen action. Oh. Um, and so you'll often see in credit blocks, uh, you know, story and direction by whoever the director is. Typically, they're, that's the way they work. And then uh, dialogues will mean the actual words. Uh, well, if that's how those are usually credited. Okay. Um, and in this particular case, there are different language uh, dialogue writers included because the film is in at least three languages, um, at least three languages throughout. They're sort of switching between them, um, which I mean, if you're watching the I, I watched it on Amazon Prime, um, which they they highlight like when it switches languages. And that's 
part of that is because this was such a big investment that in order to market it to as many parts of the Indian subcontinent as possible, they throw little little things at everyone so that you can you know feel like you're included. Um, and so that's why you know the film takes place uh, m- largely in Mumbai, and so a lot of the dialogue in Mumbai is in Hindi because that's the predominant language there. But the main characters are Telugu speaking. So there's that. But then there's people speaking English and there's people speaking other languages. Um, and so the the Indian viewer will recognize the difference because they won't, they'll just start to not understand what someone else is saying, you know. <laughs> um, and so they'll subtitle those portions uh, for India. But if you didn't, if people like me and you, you know, I'm probably a little better at it these days, um, weren't recognizing the switching of the languages, we would, it would all just seem like the same language. It did to me. I mean, I, I had no clue. Um, I thought I was watching the, the, uh, Hindi version and, and I assumed like that was just dubbed in, in Hindi through the whole thing. Those, those typically will be. So if okay. you have if you watch something like a, this is a Telugu language film where it's based from the Telugu film industry, then if it says like in parentheses, Hindi or in parentheses, Tamil or in parentheses Malayalam, then those are going to be dubbed more or less all the way through, except for the English language portions, which are usually just English because right. most Indians speak English um, or most movie going uh, Indians speak English or understand it at least. But the Telugu one, they tried to maintain the differences because it is the original language of the film. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, the other thing that struck me um, because this is uh, what, what did you? What's the term when it just has everything in it? You said it was a uh, masala. Masala. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's a a big part of the masala which is the action and stunt work. So this one had 67 stunt credits, and I thought this was kind of fascinating. There were 10 action directors, and one name popped out when I was looking at this, and it was uh, Kenny Bates. He was one of them. Now, Kenny Bates has worked with Jackie Chan on Rush Hour 3 on stunts. So there's our Jackie Chan reference for this week. But he's also popped up in some movies we've talked about um, already on this show, specifically Street Fighter, True Romance, and Predator 2. And I think uh, the more I read the little trivia bits, the filmmakers intentionally brought Kenny Bates over to kind of work on some of the bigger budget action set pieces. So there's nine other people that are doing action sequences, but Kenny Bates seemed to, you know, get most of the attention. Yeah. He's also, he's also Michael Bay's uh, second unit guy. So, and it works with stunts on Michael, on Michael Bay films as well. And that's becoming also more common uh, as these films as a budget increase again, to try and make sure that they get their money's worth is to bring in uh, pros from other film industries, often America, um, but also other, other places in the world. Uh, to try and make sure that their film lives up to the expectations they've set for themselves. Yeah. And that makes sense. Uh, especially when I looked up the fight coordinators, because it was uh, Liang Yang. He's, he's newer. He's about 37 credits, but he worked on bigger budget things like wonder woman, 84 mission impossible fallout uh, solo, a star Wars story. Um, he was the assistant sword master on star Wars episode eight, the last Jedi, and also the assistant fight coordinator for rogue one. And then you have Matt Burberry, who has now he's been in the the trade for a long time. He has over 120 stunt credits. Uh, so it was obvious that they were actually kind of bringing in some talent from Hollywood. And um, I, I think both Liang and, and Matt have done some, you know, Asian stuff as well. 
but uh, <laughs> they did not cheap out on any of the action talent to kind of put these sequences together behind the scenes. Now, no. CGI is probably a different conversation, but definitely they got the skill and the talent for the, the face kicking and everything. Is there anybody yeah. else behind the scenes that would have stuck out in this type of film that we would like recognize or know about? Those were the ones that I mean, kind of stuck out to me. None of these are particularly uh, really jumping out at me uh, at this point. I, but as I'm sure you've noticed also, if you go and look at the credits, there are 1 million credits in this movie. Oh my God. This, yeah. <laughs> there are so many people working on this project that there might probably just somebody slipping through that I know. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, that guy. Um, but the other person, and this, this is not going to necessarily be something that would be recognizable outside of someone who's a, who, who enjoys and watches Indian films regularly. But uh, the production design on the film was done by a man named Sabu Cyril, who is like the go-to guy uh, for production design. So all of those, you know, crazy sets um, are him. Uh, hate to keep going back to it, but he he's production designer for Rajamuli also. So all of the stuff in RRR and Babu Bali, those are all him. Um, he One of the biggest uh, Bollywood films of all time was Om Shanti Om from 2006. Um, if you haven't seen that, highly recommend going to see that film or it's on netflix i believe it's it's absolutely wonderful it is it's not a bomb um <laughs> it, was, it was hugely successful um but he did all those production design in that and normally i don't you know production design is one of those things where it feels like it's good if it's invisible you know it's the kind of thing where you just kind of like want to feel like you're in the world and if something sticks out it's usually a bad thing but in these cases he does some amazing work uh, and he has a very particular set of uh, set of skills and a particular eye. I got to meet him very briefly. Um, I was uh, on my honeymoon and I was invited to the set of Bahubali 2. Um, oh, man. By the director. And we spent, I don't know, a few hours there. Um, and I, I, I was being, you know, he was, uh, Rajamuli was there. The producer was there. I was the guest of the producer. And he was like introducing me to these people, just kind of walking past as they were shooting a scene or a couple of scenes. And I'm, I met Sabu Cyril and he kind of looked at me like, I don't know who you are. I'm busy. And that, that was like, I was flabbergasted. I was just like, this is so amazing. This is one of the most talented people in India. And he, he was annoyed by me. Like he had some kind of reaction to me. And that was like all I needed. That's awesome. Uh, I, I cannot wait to hear some of these stories. So let's, let's talk about some of the people in front of the camera. So uh, is, is it Prabhas? Is that how you say his name? Prabhas. Prabhas plays yes. Ashok. Now, I, I own another one of his films. I have not watched yet. Story of my life. I buy something and it sits there. Uh, oh, yeah, this, but the, you guys in the, on the podcast, you can't see it, but they're staring <laughs> at my video collection, which is full of stuff still in plastic. So yeah, I get it. That's, that's, that's all of us, right? Um, action Jackson in 2014, I bought it because it's called action Jackson. So I'm like, well, I don't know if it's like the Carl Weathers one, but I have to own that. And then, uh, Bahubali, the beginning, and Bahubali to the conclusion, 2017, were the other ones that popped out that I knew him from. Uh, is he a pretty big deal over there? Uh, he is a he's a pretty big star in the Telugu film industry. Uh, Bahubali and Bahubali two, those were like big breakout roles for pretty much everyone involved because that did get a lot of Western attention. Um, he was in a film uh, in 2005, I believe, that Rajamouli made called Chhatrapati, uh, which was that's a little bit harder to get into because it is very much more culturally specific. Um, but he fights a shark with a knife. So that's pretty cool. Ooh, um, that sounds awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, so he's he's a pretty big deal over there. One thing that I find incredibly amusing about uh, uh, Telugu film stars in particular is that the top tier of them all have these like nicknames that they've either selected themselves or had selected for them. So they'll be credited as something. And and Prabhas is Rebel Star Prabhas. So you you'll sometimes just see him referred to as Rebel Star, and you have to know that that's talking about Prabhas. Prabhas. Huh. Um, so there's like Power Star, there's Mega Star, there's Mega Power Star, there's Young Tiger, there's like all of the Rocking Star, like, there's like all these different uh, nicknames that you just have to like. After a while, you figure out who's who. Um, but uh, and a lot of them are mononyms, like like Prabhas, who's just Prabhas, like Madonna. Oh, you know, okay. That, that's all he is. He's the only one I kind of recognized. Everybody else, uh, Shraddha Kapoor as Amritha. I don't think I've seen enough films to recognize her. Um, Neil Nitin Mukesh is Jai. I think those are your three principles or yes. we'll call heroes. Um, and I, I thought this name when I wrote it down, I'm like, this can't be the name. Um, Chunky Pandey. Chunky Pandey is an actor. Yes, okay. That's his name. And, and he's uh, one of the villains, right? Yes. Yes. He's one of the, one of the elder bosses. Okay. Um, and then Arun Vijay as Vishwak Roy. Those I think are are some of the main ones. Are there any other stars within this film that have have some notoriety within the the Indian film? Um, so the other two that are worth noting are uh, Morley Sharma, uh, who is uh, he was the police captain, like the the boss of oh, falling okay. the, the whole yeah. the whole film, uh, the older gentleman, and then Venal Kishore, who played Goswami, is also a, a fairly big star. Uh, one thing that's very interesting about this particular cast that goes back to something. Oh, and Jackie Shroff. Jackie Shroff was a huge star, or at least he, he in the 80s, he was a big, big star in, in Bollywood. And he's he's done a lot of character acting since then. Uh, as a, That tends to be what happens with a lot of those big stars from the 80s is they just kind of come in and play people's dads um, mm -hmm. or, or grandfathers, kind of like in the U.S. Um, but uh, uh, what's interesting about the cast is that, again, in order to try and uh, appeal to as much of the Indian audience as possible. Prabhas is really the only uh, lead in the, or the only main character in the film who is a Telugu film star. Everyone else comes from other film industries. So uh, Shraddha Kapoor, Jackie Shroff, Neil Nitin Bukesh, uh, all of those actors um, come from Bollywood. Chunky Pandey also comes from Bollywood. Um, those are all Bollywood actors and they're fairly well-known Bollywood actors as well. So that's one thing to sort of draw in the Hindi film or the Hindi language audience. Um, Arun Vijay and, uh, and Benelik Kishore both work in typically in Tamil films. And so they're there to bring in the Tamil film uh, audience. Uh, Morley Sharma uh, is kind of a, an all around guy. Like he's just been in every film industry um, since the eighties. He often plays heavies because uh, he has that kind of a heavy face, you know, he's got that face, um, but he's just in a ton of stuff. Uh, and so it's one of the reasons that seeing a film like this is kind of confusing at times, because for someone who's used to watching stuff like this, you know, even if you are watching, you know, the Hindi dub on, on Amazon or whatever, more or less everyone apart from Prabhas is dubbed most of the time, kind of like in old, uh, in old Italian uh, genre films where they would have all these people that came and just yeah. spoke their own languages on set. And they just dump it back over later on. That's what happens here in, in most cases. And Prabhas, I think I'd read. So as a, as a Telugu actor, he, though, learned Hindi in order to do his dubbing, right? Yeah. And that happens, too, as well. Or 
sometimes they'll learn the, the language. Sometimes they'll learn their lines. So oh, yeah. they learn the phonetics uh, to get the, the dubbing out. Okay. There, there were a couple of development and production things I thought was interesting. So this was the first Indian film to be shot entirely with IMAX cameras. So I, I think it had that notoriety. Um, and I guess at the time filmmakers had spent, um, is it 70 crores? Is that the crores? Yeah. Yep. On an eight minute action sequence involving Prabhas, uh, making it the highest ever budget spent on a single scene in the history of Indian cinema. So, uh, obviously they, they spent a lot of money on the action and this really interest. I, I found this fascinating. So Outshiny India, a luggage and bag manufacturer, filed a complaint and lawsuit against the director and multiple staff members for fraud and cheating at um, you know the, the local police station. The manufacturers alleged that the filmmakers signed an expensive deal with them that mandated their product would be shown in the film. They alleged the filmmakers defaulted on their promise. They claimed that the marketing, advocate, and contract fees and amount paid to the filmmakers resulted in a total loss of 1.38 crore. So I had a question about this um, in some of the Bollywood films and RR being, you know, another example, there are a ton of logos and products and everything that they kind of show even before you get into the film. And when I read this, and especially when we talk about some of the musical sequences, is it a big deal for companies to kind of hook up with the industry and say, we're going to pay you to, you know, show off our luggage or our sunglasses or, or whatever it is in these films? I mean, is that just a common thing within the film industry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like product placement here. It's, it's essentially the same thing. Um, it's, uh, it, in, in a film like this, it gets a little more difficult because it's so kinetic and there's so much happening that you can really don't really get to linger on anything um, uh, at any point in the film, like you would in a drama, for example, or a, or a comedy. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that, that part's not all that different. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are always about, a, you know, five minutes of, of thank yous before the film actually starts for, you know, the, the publicity partners and the media partners and the, you know, the streaming partners and the music partners and like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know if that was a thing. Cause I, I knew product placement would be the same, but I was just, I felt like I was watching title card after title card of people who contributed some type of product to the film. I'm like, okay, I'm confused, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because Brad, this is, this is your first Bollywood, Tollywood film. I am dying to get your immediate reaction out of this. Um, so what what did you think about your pick this week? Yeah, so I, I knew going into it that Bollywood was, <clears throat> you know, it's a long, it's going to be three hours. There's going to be interludes where there's just music videos. And that was one of the turnoffs. I was like, I don't know, like, because when people just start singing in movies, it, it takes me out of it. But I'm like, this is literally like, everything in this movie could take you out of it. If you, if you step back and think about what's really going on, um, there's a lot of twists and turns with this plot. Um, a lot of double crossing and triple crossing. And, and, and I will say it was a little hard for me to follow not being, you know, native to the language subtitles only go so far. Um, I, I, I kind of had to go back and rewatch a few things. Um, but I will say, definitively that I will put this third act of this action film up against any third act of, of films and it would stand toe to toe. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen, but it is up there. Um, and it, it, it's just like one thing after the other. Um, and you're like in these beautiful places, um, you know, beautiful women, um, you know, these, 
men in these suits that are like probably worth more than, you know, my house and like these cars and all this stuff. It's just luxury, like movies that I really dig. Um, yeah, man. Like I didn't know what to expect. Um, because I had only seen the trailer and I was like this movie, you know, it's, it's, it's something else. Um, you know, I watched the first half and then there's like, boom, like, just hard stop. And you're like, Oh, what, what is like, Oh, this is like the intermission. And then it says it's showtime. And I'm like, what was the first hour and a half? Was that not showtime? <laughs> Cause it felt pretty showy. Um, and then it like, that's like that last, this is going to sound crazy. The last hour and 20 minutes of this movie is uh, pretty awesome. Like I, I, I kind of wish they like would edit it down to make it a little bit more manageable because three hours is a lot, but I kind of really like the way it just kind of it's not in a rush, which, okay, it, it does rush, but like the pacing of this film is pretty slow. It's like this weird, like mix of like James Bond, like globe trotting a little bit um, and like a superhero film. Cause like this guy saw is like, I, I, I don't know how he has superpowers, but he definitely does. It's like, is that a thing? Like Josh, is that like, the good guy or the, I don't want to say good guy, but the main guy is like basically unstoppable in a way. Frequently. Yes. Yeah, um, okay. and, and one thing that's, that's worth noting. And, and one of you guys mentioned it earlier is to this day. And this is something that goes back uh, decades to this day. The lead in a film is referred to as the hero. The lead okay. uh, lead actress is referred to as the heroine. And so they often take on those, those, uh, uh, those attributes, you know, literally in the film. And so okay. they'll often be able to, you know, fight off 50 guys or a hundred guys or 200 guys or jump over a building or, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, yep. and with there's the, the idea is uh, these days um, Hindi films, Bollywood are trying to get, like I said, get closer to Western films. And, and as far as, you know, maintaining reality uh, as a tenant of the, of the, of the projects, but, the further you get into these regional languages, those rules just kind of go out the window. And so physics is not a thing that, that a lot of <laughs> Telugu films are really concerned with. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, to our great benefit as fans of insane movies, that that's the case. Um, fighting Prabhas fought a guy, fought a shark with a, a knife in one movie, you know, in, in RR, somebody punches a, a, a tiger uh, in the face with a, with a lamp. With a, you know, a, you know, a yard lantern, which uh, was thing. epic. I, I yeah, stood I mean, up and cheered when I saw that. <laughs> that was amazing. And, there's, and and you just kind of go with it because these are the heroes of the film. Um, and so whether they're a good guy or a bad guy is really kind of irrelevant at that point. It's, yeah. You've already been shown that they have the ability to do these things, and so you just want them to do these things. Um, and, and and I do want to say, like the music video, like interruptions i will say were pretty entertaining i will say i wasn't huge on the singing parts but the music that's in this movie hits hard like it is like this infused like indian plus hip-hop sort of deal it's it bangs um it, it the dude at one of the end of the music of one of the music videos the guy rides in on a tank and i was like you know what <laughs> bravo movie bravo like 
when you ride in on a tank, I'm like, okay. I, I thought they like, were trying to sell tanks. I thought it was another well, product Well, you know, he's kind of sitting, like he's, <laughs> the way he's sitting on it, like the cannon is coming out. You're like, okay, this is just a guy walking in saying like, look how big my dick is essentially by riding this tank. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think, okay, there's a part of this movie where they blow up the floor and the safe is kind of falling through a building. Everything after that, I'm like, I would watch that last 40 minutes of this movie over and over again. Cause it's insane. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed myself. I, 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 you know, I see like the 8% of Rotten Tomatoes and I'm like, ah, I mean, maybe this isn't the best Hollywood Bollywood film and it's probably not, but for me, it's like a great entry point. Cause I'm like, this is insane. Um, and I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I, I thought, okay, I'll probably watch this was Friday night. It's like, I'll probably watch half of it and then watch the other half Saturday night. Nope. I literally just went bang through it the whole way through and I was happy I did. So that's, that's, a, I really, when those musical sequence came up, you came to mind. I'm like, I wonder how Brad is doing because <laughs> they don't, the, luckily they don't overstay their welcome, right? They're like, you know, four to five minutes. They're not overly long. It's, they're like music videos, like yeah, in the middle they, of a movie. Much. Yeah. And, and those are, they, this this type the, the one that they do in these films where uh apart from the one in the nightclub in the first half of the film like the other ones are just completely separated from the actual plot of the movie and those are kind of sometimes the most fun because they they'll just somehow magically be in Sweden or Switzerland or somehow magically be like you know in Spain dancing in front of you know some kind of crazy museum or something and, and now we're on a boat and then now we're back in our hotel room yeah exactly and it, one of the things I, I this always cracks me up and I'm you know it I've watched enough of these Telugu films to to recognize this is that whenever they're doing because a lot of the film a lot of the, the songs are like there's a woman dancing over here and she's trying to get with or talk to the man that's dancing over here and they're kind of just dancing at each other and they always have like a, a cadre of dancers behind them, like backup dancers. And especially in Telugu films, almost to a film, the the backup dancers behind the women will be 90% white women. And the dancers behind the men will be all Indian men, which is just something I've noticed over the years. And it cracks me up every time. Like there's got to be some kind of like, secret Google of like indie of white women dancers in Hyderabad that they just like pull out for movies and they just put them <laughs> back in. Like, uh, you know, a lot of these, some of them were shot overseas. And so that makes it a little easier to, to source them, but like, it doesn't matter. Like if they're shot in India, they still have like 15 white women to dance behind whoever the starlet is. Yeah. Um, I, and this, and we should say, I mean, this is a globe trotting movie. I mean, they, they filmed yeah. in a lot of different locations, right? So yeah, you get some, I, you gotta, I gotta say you get some impressive scenery uh, in terms of if you want to see the world um, through some amazing vistas and stuff like that, it, it's in this thing, especially during the music sequences, including one city they completely made up. Yeah. <laughs> they CGI the heck out of that city. Yeah. They CGI the crap out of it. Um, I was surprised because when, when we were talking, Josh, you had said you had not seen this. So this was a first time watch for you, right? Yes, it was. What, what What's your general impression on this thing? Uh, it's a mess, but it's, it is, as you were mentioning earlier, it's, there are a lot of twists. And I think that's one thing that, uh, is sort of a holdover from, from earlier days when that was what was required to get the movie to the three hour point in order to get, you know, to feel like a full experience for the family. Um, and it, it got to the point where, like you were saying, I just kind of, I, I checked out 
like a few times, like, I don't know what's happening anymore. I know I'm supposed to follow these two people and I'll follow these two people, but I don't know who the hell these other people are. <laughs> and then it turns out the person I was following wasn't the, wasn't that person at all. And it was just like, it was, it was very confusing. One of the things that's very, very common in, in Indian films uh, from anywhere in the country is the idea of people playing double and triple roles. So they'll be playing like themselves, you know, you know, long lost twins or father and son or, you know, reincarnations of one another. Like there's just, it's, it's something that happens a lot. Um, I just don't think, and that's not exactly what happens in this film, but it's, there's just so much complicated plotting. There's so much plot um, that it is kind of hard to follow. And I think that's one of the reasons maybe it didn't do as well as they had expected it to. That, that would make sense. Yeah. There's so much exposition in the beginning. I I'm, I'm kind of with you. I had no idea what was going on in the first 20 minutes of the film. I mean, people were being introduced and, and there's all this story, no idea what it all meant. And, and I had to start piecing things together. Like, Hey, I, I think there's a gang war, but then all of a sudden there's this really complicated heist, which is kind of cool. Um, but I don't know yeah. what the heist has to do with this whole gang war. And it really took me a while to get caught up to the plot and, and I would say this, if, if you're going to watch it, you have to stick around before you'll understand it. Like you're, you're not going to know what's going on. I think e- even if you're a native to the language, I would say you wouldn't know what was going on in the first 10, 15 minutes at all. I mean, they're just throwing all these different sequences at you. Oh yeah. And there's, there's well, like a five minute narration at the beginning of the film over just like scenes of people on fire yeah. And, yeah. and a city on fire. And you're like, they're explaining all these people and showing none of them. And so it's just it's just name after name after name uh and it's kind of it's it's enough to lull you into like okay let's just start the movie now let's yeah. just let's just start the movie although we have not talked about one of my favorite parts of the film is the like weird mad max interlude that happens oh like yeah somewhere <laughs> around hour two where they're just like in this dust bowl town that's full of ridiculous outsized metal gears that yeah, people are they go to, t- they go to tire town for sure. Yeah. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> Why am I here? I mean, I'm cool with it. It's cool. But like, I think that was the town that was on fire in the beginning or something yeah, that they leveled, but you, you wouldn't know it. You got to put two and two together. Uh, I, I think that's a good place to start. So I, I think it's a mess too. There there's, there's good stuff in it. There's really good stuff in it. There's um, the not so good and there's a couple bad things, but of the good, and, and we'll start what you're talking about, Josh, because I'm curious on on your take to um, Brad, but um, Provis, I, I think he's a really good actor. Like, I, I like him as a character in here. I loved his intro of fighting all these guys going up and down, you know, these four or five levels to try and get to this dude that they're trying to hang, you know, from the top. Um, I have no idea what his purpose was or who he was, but I just liked his introduction <laughs> in that sequence. Um, and he reminded me sort of a, of a Indian version of Sylvester Stallone. He had that look in the way he carries himself. And I thought the, the fight choreography was solid. And, you know, most of these films, especially in the action, they love their slow motion impact scenes. Mm-hmm. Like when you get kicked in the face, well, we're going to slow it down so you can kind of see this guy flipping through the air. And you would think you'd get tired of it, but I don't in these films. I love every second of it. But I think I think overall the action is solid when the CGI doesn't get in the way of it, um, and we'll we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But Brad, I mean, what what did you think of the action over, in this? I mean, as an action, yeah, film. yeah. As as someone who is like you, loves Hong Kong films, loves kung fu stuff, like this kind of fits right into that. Like 
the people who made these definitely watched those movies and definitely took inspiration. Um, it, it this cut from the same cloth, but it this one is like you said, there's a lot of slow mo, and you would think, like, okay, after a while, I've seen tense slow mo, you know, guys get hit, like maybe that's too much, but no, because they're always doing something different. Um, and every kind of fight scene has its own sort of momentum and, and flow to it that they all feel very unique. Um, and that's hard to do in a three hour movie, but they pull it off. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Josh, is this, is this, does this hold up in comparison to some of the better ones? Do you think, or in the action department? Oh, in the action department, for sure. Uh, as you mentioned, this, the CGI gets a bit dodgy later on, but that opening sequence with, with, with Prabhas's introduction is pretty great. And it, it does, you know, there's a little bit of sort of Kung Fu hustle going in there uh, in the terms of like the apartment block that they're in. Uh, there's a little bit of the protector in there, Tom and Gung in there, where it's like climbing the stairs and going yeah. up the top floor, like kicking everybody's ass on the way there. You know, there's there's a uh, a lateral uh, dolly shot old boys hallway style fight yeah. in there. That's uh, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, uh, at, you know, and having been to India, I can confirm this is true. There is so much dust on every single floor that when someone hits the floor, it's like there's a dust storm that flies up and they all like bounce. Everyone bounces when you when you slam to the ground, which is just amazing. I love it so much. Um, and yeah, I, you know, Prabhas is very charismatic and he's he's the reason this movie got the budget that it did, because he was coming off of Bahubali and Bahubali 2, which made him a huge star in India, not just in the Telugu film language industry anymore. He was a huge India star. And so this film went into production like a month or two months after Bahubali 2 opened. It was already a huge success. And so the idea was that they were going to capitalize on his popularity and make this ridiculous giant film. But they just didn't realize that the part of Bahubali that people gravitated towards was the story and not just Prabhas. Um, and so I think that they just try to slot him into a big budget version of things that they've been doing for a long time and he's great, but the film doesn't really do him uh, that much justice. I don't think. No, I, I, I think the elements when he gets to shine, it, it's certainly there, but the, the plot, <laughs> the plot gets in the way of him having a good time with this film, I think. And even yeah. some of the, but, but there's, there's some interesting little ideas like that high sequence. Like, I think that's a fantastic concept where random events are just occurring and it leads to this, this huge heist. And we take a step back and go, wow, that's fantastic. Like where's more of that stuff, but it's one plot element. And I don't even know what it had to do with the story. It was just, we have an idea, let's put it in here. Um, and even while he's trying to rescue that guy that's hanging, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, that guy shows up later in the film I don't understand what the whole element of that is, but when the action happens, like that big shootout that happens in the, um, the hotel suite or something, when, when they're getting kind of attacked from all sides, it's great. It's fa the physics don't make any sense, but it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of leads into, I think the stuff that, um, is not so good. The plot twists are, <laughs> <laughs> they don't make sense. I mean, our, our hero isn't a cop and there's like five too. Many. Yeah. He, he's, <laughs> yes. he is the cop, but he's not a cop and he's really the thief, but he's not really the thief. Cause he's like the son of a gangster that was killed at the beginning. Um, and like you said, Josh, it, it's a mess. It's super convoluted. There's some great sequences like that. There are amazing sequences in here, but I don't know what they all add up to. 
And then when I start to kind of put it together and I think about it, my head starts to hurt. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there's no way that could have happened. <laughs> like, it, it makes no sense. Um, but I, I think you're spot on. It, it, that's the stuff that gets in the way of the good stuff to a certain degree. But I, I didn't hate it. I, I come to expect in some of these films, well, I take that back. I might have really, really liked this film had I not seen RRR because I was still writing that high because to me that film just hits everything. Um, it's so good. This one has elements where it gets as good as RRR, but cohesively it's not all together, right? It's just hard to follow. I, I think that's the, that's the biggest the biggest uh, problem with the film is that it's just so darn hard to follow. It, Like you said, five fewer twists, you'd still have too many twists and it would be, <laughs> but it would be easier to manage, you know, it'd be easier to manage a, a film like that. If it were two hours and 20 minutes, you know, mm. still a long film, you can still do all the stuff you want to do. You can fit all the jetpacks you want in that movie. You know, the one that was like a bridge too far was me. was like the assistant lady it was like, then all of a sudden she is turning because like, you know, all the men rule the world. So she's going to take charge and like, all right, this, okay. I, I don't know what's going on. I didn't really know what was going on before, but now definitely I'm completely lost. Um, that was the one I, I was like, come on. Okay. We didn't need this one. We didn't need a lot of these, but that one was, was the one for me. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> I, the, the, the terrible part of this film is the CGI. Let's just put it out there. The, the CGI in this thing is wonky and CGI animals are terrible i i always thought stanley tong had made the worst cgi animals with like kung fu yoga and some of those films nope it's this one they, they, they're just not good in this thing the building isn't great either man the building's not great <laughs> no, the, it's the very shiny the uh the stark stark industries yep wannabe headquarters in the imaginary emirate of yeah I, Waji, I, Waji city i kind of like it though i kind of liked it it's <laughs> kind of cheesy i'm not gonna lie it's got one of those like hey we're trying really hard but we just don't have the time so we're we're gonna just make give this it an e for effort yeah exactly exactly that's fair like i'm you're like i'm not giving you like a do-over on your test but you know maybe get like a d plus because <laughs> you showed some work right I, we got to talk about this last so you th this is crazy um you get into this action sequence and it starts with the safe. You said it, Brad, it, it start they're, they're stealing these safes and it goes from floor to floor to floor is big explosion. That leads to some maze major, just vehicular damage and, and chaos with these two semis. And you get into this in this entire action sequence and in my head, I'm like, wow, this is a huge finale. It's not even the finale. So they're they're on the highway or they're coming out of the city. You've got semis, you got motorcycles, you got a bunch of cars, you got a helicopter coming in with a machine gun and a lady hanging upside down from the cargo net like our heroine. Um, you got a big crane on the back of a semi that's now taking out all the cars, driven you know by the bad guy. Then all of a sudden, they, you have, Troy. Huh? What else do you have? You have jetpacks or jet jetpacks, jetpack guys, two jetpack yeah. guys just swooping in. Lots of machine guns. Insane physics that makes zero sense. And you're like, you're like, what is going? It's so awesome. And then it leads to what you talked about, Josh, the, the Mad Max Kung Fu sequence in some village. Uh, you didn't know that India had a fury road on it. Didn't yeah. You? Which is yeah. at the, at, you know, that's the climax of the film. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you that time period is just priceless. It's so good. <laughs> um, 
I I, I don't know. Those semis, those black semis with a cow catcher thing in the front, like for like a, from a railroad, from a, a train that's to like scoop up the oh, cars. And yeah. The line, just crack me up. I was, I was, I was all in for that. That was pretty amazing. And, I'm, I'm and just, they show you those jetpacks like 45 minutes before that. Like, oh, hey, we've yes. got these jetpacks behind this glass. You're going to want that a little bit later. It, it does crazy. a good job of kind of setting up, Hey, we've got this over in this corner. Watch out. You know, they, they, sh- they just throw everything in the kitchen sink in it. I, I am trying to figure out um, as much as I like Doom 2. I love Doom 2, actually. I, I didn't know the first one was a remake of the the taxi film, Luke Besson's uh, that he produced taxi film. Um, and, and there's amazing action in there, but it's not to this level. Is is that kind of sequence, is that the typical Telugu um, action film where it's just that bonkers? Um, bonkers. Bonkers, yes, but uh, one thing that they did add for this because of the the insane budget was that a lot of Telugu action films take place uh, in rural areas, and so they don't have the sort of high-tech stuff that we're seeing in this particular film. That's that's what's new or unusual for this one compared to other Telugu uh, sort of big blockbuster action movies is that they're, they're set in rural areas, so you'll still see cars exploding and flipping a million times and all that jazz, but you won't see like jetpacks. You're not going to see jetpacks typically in those or, or, or things like that. Um, or the, you know, skyscrapers with, with the safes falling through multiple floors to the bottom and the, all that other stuff that typically doesn't happen. Um, the, the, the spirit is there in the other films, but the budget's not there. In the other films. Okay. Um, so Josh, what about the music numbers? I mean, one thing I liked about, uh, look folks, if you, if you haven't gotten the message, you need to go see RRR. Uh, but there's a musical sequence in there that happens. Um, I think when they go to, it, it's basically a dance off. And so they're trying to, you know, the English are showing, you know, the flamingo and everything else. And, you know, the, the Indian guys cannot dance the way that, uh, the English people do. And they break out into this amazing dance off, which, it's kind of furthering the plot, but it's fantastic. It's like one of my favorite music numbers I've seen. The music numbers in here, I think there's one that kind of forwards the plot, but the rest of it, like you said, just takes place out of scope of the story. It's, oh, we're on the top of a Swift mountain in these amazing gowns, and we're just singing. Um, what do you rate these musical numbers in comparison to like the typical Indian films? I mean... <sighs> They are fairly common in, in these Telugu films to do more like the second part of what we were saying, which is we just need a song here. We have we need to get a, a, a real pretty girl and our star, you know, outside of this. And they're just going to dance uh, in front of all this crazy stuff like they're Bonnaroo or something in one of those dance sequences um, or something like that. Um, oh, that's right. They were, which mm-hmm. totally messed me up. But, yeah, you're right. <laughs> And so the dance sequences are fine. Like you said, I think there's the maybe like one, there's one early on in a, in a dance club. That's actually part of the film. Right. Cause they're actually at the club as characters. Um, and they're fine. I mean, <sighs> Prabhas is not the greatest dancer in the world. And so he does. Okay. He does fine. Um, Shraddha Kapoor, the girls tend tends usually to fare a little bit better in that sort of, Thing. And so she was fine, um, but they're not outstanding. I mean, they're not full-on bangers like 
like you would see in our, our other films starring those two characters or those two actors, uh, Junior NTR and Ram Charan, who are the star of that film. Those are two of the best dancers in the country. And so you put them both in a dance sequence together and it's, it can't be bad. Um, but with these, it just kind of felt, you know, we're looking to cut some time. Those last two dance numbers might've been a place where that could have happened because they don't really do anything to forward the plot. And there's so much plot already. I don't really know that we need all that. That's true. I, I will say Prabhas kind of reminds me if Sylvester Stallone or even Henry Cavill, because I mean, Prabhas is built. The guy's cut. Um, mm-hmm. and Dude, those are fake abs. <laughs> those are fake. <laughs> he, he had some digital abs in there. Yeah, yes. Those are fake. Um, but yeah, he uh, he doesn't move the way that I've seen some of the others, but I, I guess it's acceptable. I don't I don't know. He I, does. He does like white man at wedding dance where you just kind of like shake, you know, you're back. To, you know, you stay in your little square. You move your shoulders back and forth. And yeah, you know, it's yeah. Yeah, we've I'm, all done that move before. I'm dying Troy. for a Henry Cavill um, Bollywood <laughs> film now for some reason. <laughs> like I want to see Vigan okay. Paul. You know, and the thing is, it's it, when I first started watching these films, I was like, I love the dancing. I've always loved the dancing. I, I love the music most of the time. Um, but it always it does feel kind of like that's a movie thing. And then I got to India for a couple of you know a couple of different events. I was there for uh, a few times in the last few years, and they really do just bust out dancing like at the drop of a hat. I mean, it may not be just like in the middle of the street or all choreographed, but Indians will dance at any opportunity. Um, okay. And it's, it's kind of intimidating, um, because I don't. Um, and so, uh, I was actually at, uh, one of the, the big film market in India a few years back and their closing night ceremony thing was like out on the lot, this hotel, everyone was staying at. And, you know, they were just dancing their asses off and they kept trying to drag me in. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to do this at all. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'll just watch you. I apologize. I shouldn't have come here. You know, <laughs> it felt very out of place. Uh, but it is true. Like they may not all be good at it, but every goddamn one will get up and dance any chance you give them. That's amazing. So I, now that you say that it kind of makes more sense how the films are structured because the music numbers come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if that, is what they're used to in terms of the real world culture. Of course it would be represented in the films, right? Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, those, they're all, those all come from like theatrical backgrounds. Like uh, the, the Indian film is very heavily indebted to their theatrical uh, or their, their on stage history uh, of, of drama. And those, a lot of those were, you know, historical plays or, or, or mythological plays. And there was a lot of dancing and music involved in those as well. And so that just kind of carried over into, into the filmmaking and just never left. I mean, there are a lot of more independent films that won't do that, or they might have music that plays in the background in, you know, original film, original music. They don't typically use, you know, soundtrack music like we have over here where they'll just have a popular song that they mm-hmm. drop into something. Music for the films is music for the films. And then that kind of music is the driving part of the Indian music industry is music from films um and so it's it, it's kind of dying out in in bollywood um they do don't do as many big production numbers as they used to uh but in in those in telugu films and the mainstream ones uh, particularly it's it's alive and well like they they still love to you know jet their whole crew off to moscow or whatever and just like set up at the red square and just dance their asses off so i i guess i have a question now that you just said that the soundtracks, because this has like five or six different numbers in there, would these mm-hmm. typically, so you see the film, right? But you're going to hear these in the like the top 40 circulation of like the radio stations and stuff like that too? Yes. Yes, you will. Okay. Um, uh, 
I, I, I buy a lot of them ahead of time. Like if I know that's a, it's a composer or a songwriter that I like, or it's a, a film cause they'll, the, the music will come out before the film and it'll often be like a music lyric videos. They'll show like the stills from the film and then they'll play the music over it. So you don't get spoiled on what the actual dance sequence looks like. Um, but a lot of times you can just go buy those. Uh, I have a bunch of mine on I bought from iTunes over the years. Just a ton. <laughs> That's cool. Can I can I ask the question, Troy? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so violence seems to be perfectly okay in this, but you put a cigar in your mouth or you start drinking alcohol, and there's always that warning on screen. Can you explain what's what's going on with that? Because I find it very funny that a guy just getting his head blown up, you know. But you know, heaven forbid you're smoking a cigar without some warning. So that's 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 a long-standing uh thing it's it's a it's a legal thing but they're censor board that they have to show those uh warnings anytime uh specifically when there are when there's uh, drugs or alcohol uh smoking or, or or drinking those two things always have a warning on the bottom of the screen no matter what part of the country you're in um some parts of the country will add additional things uh if there's some sort of risky behavior they don't want kids to emulate or something like that they'll they'll throw their own little warnings in there um it's actually not as bad as it as it was maybe 10 years ago i would go to uh do movies uh and at the beginning of the film they would have like psas that showed uh before the film actually started like anti-smoking psas where there's like a you know a guy who's you know has a you know a sound box that they've installed in him and there's like you know pictures of diseased lungs and all kinds of like really gross Really gross stuff. I mean, they have that on their cigarette packs too. Because when we were there, my wife was a smoker, and, and when she would buy a pack of uh, cigarettes, there'd always be like a, a picture of a diseased lung, like on the front of the, the cigarette pack. Um, but yeah, that's very common. In fact, um, there, uh, there are a couple of stories about that. Um, uh, Anurag Kashyap, who's one of the big directors out there, uh, made a film in 2013 called Ugly. Uh, Ugly went to Cannes. It, it played the director's fortnight, um, and then it released in India. But it took about 18 months between when it played the, the director's Fortnite at Cannes and when it played in theaters in India. And the delay was because Anurag Kashyap was fighting with the censor board because he did not want those warnings on the screen because his was a serious film. It wasn't like, you know, there weren't going to be kids there. It was rated A. There are three ratings. There's U for Universal. There's U slash A, which is kind of like PG-13. And there's A, which is adult, which has, you know, violence and sex and all that kind of stuff. Um and since it was rated A, he was he's making the argument that you're rating it this way and you've it's already been through the censor board, which means they've taken out anything they find objectionable um, because it is a true censor board. It's not advisory. So if they say that you can't have something in your movie, you have to take it out or it's not going to play. Um, do they do and, like director's cuts or anything of their films or once it's out, it's out? Once it's out, it's out. Um, and so part of the problem with that is that there used to be a sort of workaround uh and it has a lot to do with the government, but it used to be a workaround where if you released your film overseas to a film festival, it didn't have to go through the, the uh, censor board. And so a lot of films got released, not released, but were actually shown in other countries that way through film festivals because they could circumvent the censor board. But uh, in the last seven or eight years, they've changed the law uh, so that even films that are going to uh, to film festivals have to have their films censored in India before they can play in festivals abroad. Um, And the, the censor board is run by the government. The government is very right wing, very conservative these days. 
And so it's, there have been a lot of really messy uh, censorship battles over the last decade uh, because of that. Huh. It doesn't really affect this film because it's just mm-hmm. a popcorn movie. But some of the more serious films uh, that are trying to show societal ills or things like that get shut down pretty quickly. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing there's no sort of satire against the government or anything like that in films either. Like there's, they're not taking shots at the government. I mean, it's there, but it has to be very, very broad and they can't, you know, make an, a whole lot of uh, uh, headway that way. I mean, a lot of the big budget stuff coming out of Bollywood right now, the Hindi film industry is more or less government propaganda. Um, kept, you know, d- uh, hidden within these sort of masala movies. So one of the big actors, his name is Akshay Kumar. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in a movie called Chadni Chowk to China a few years back. That was, Oh, I've seen that movie's fantastic. I love it. Gordon Liu's in it. I think he's, he's the main character in that. And, uh, but he actually over the last few years has sort of leaned into the, you know, the government poster boy for, you know, all of the, you know, look at all the good things the government does look at, you know, the positive, depictions of the army and, and things like that. And he's doing a lot of those films now. And so he's sort of starting to lose uh, a little bit of credibility among more serious film fans. Not that he was ever, you know, that kind of actor, but more serious film fans are looking more at him more as a propagandist than, uh, you know, a popular performer these days. So it sounds very much um, what's going on in the Chinese film industry to where, you know, you're, you're going to have a censor board there. It, there's going to be some very pro Chinese government messaging and a lot of their mainstream stuff. I assume what you're saying is that's kind of happening within um, the the Bollywood version as well. Yeah. Yeah. In India, typically. And, and, you know, the different states have different different censor boards. So like the Telugu censor board is a different different crew than the you know, Bollywood censor board than the Tamil film censor board just because they don't all speak the same language. And so there's they and they're also kind of like in the U.S., you know, they it's not exactly the same, but it's, you know, uh, the standards, community standards kind of deal, you know? So if it doesn't meet the, the community standards in a particular region, then it's not going to, they'll have you cut things out, whether it's a reference to uh, a deity that they think is not, you know, respectful, that can be cut out. If it's, res- if it's a reference to government officials or places or uh different kind of controversies they can have that cut out if the language is bad uh there's a lot of cursing that's been cut out of films in the last few years uh uh homosexual kissing uh has sometimes been cut out of films um although and this is kind of a uh, a misunderstanding is that in india there wasn't a lot of like on-screen kissing for a long time although in Bollywood, because it's becoming more westernized, it's a lot more common there now. But in Telugu film, it's typically not done on screen. Um, so there, there'll be the intimation of a romantic relationship, but nothing being shown. So like, there's absolutely zero nudity in Indian films. Um, that's one thing. Uh, however, with the advent of, you know, Netflix is a big presence in India. Mm-hmm. And so like in some of the Netflix series, there can be those sort of things where those at least at this exact moment are not subject to the censor board. Although there are negotiations between Netflix and the government in India to, uh, to have them sort of self censor or else they will start to face the government um, mm. doing the job for them. Oh, okay. Uh, I gotta, I gotta mention this. So, you know, we were talking about the music, the uh, one of the first songs, I think it's in the, it's in the dance number in the club, which is the first sequence. There's a line. And I, I want to know if you guys know what the hell they're talking about, but it goes, Look here, love, Krakow. 
What what does that mean? What what is a cargo? No <laughs> nope, I don't know. Okay, you got me on that. that, is that and and the craziest you you already talked about this, Brad. The craziest music sequences. It starts off with him jumping off of a mountain with a CGI parachute, and then he's he's defying the laws of physics to get to the parachute. And then and you soon- can't you can't fly yourself back. I mean, you can make your surface area, I guess, right? Like your resistance to the wind resistance little smaller so you might be able but yeah yeah i don't know and then he lands in the desert and then starts dancing all over the tank um with the ladies and everything else i I, my mouth literally just hit the floor i'm like what is going on (laughs) but that's not even the most ridiculous falling sequence either no it wasn't the most ridiculous falling (laughs) sequence but that was the sequence where it's right after the title card i felt like you got an hour and a half of action and then oh here's the title card of the movie (laughs) and then boom here's the last half of it but it was it was nuts I, I love that largely because, I mean, that does sort of mirror some of his action in Bahubali, which is a fantasy film right. where he falls down a, a waterfall. You know, in this case, he's jumping off after he throws his parachute off the cliff ahead of him and then basically chases it through the air. Mm-hmm. And then he catches it, opens it up for about three seconds yeah, and then ditches it. So it's just there to slow him down for a little bit because he can't fall a thousand feet, but he can sure fall 300 feet and land on his feet in superhero pose. Yeah. I, I love, they do a cutaway to the people at his party watching and they're like, Oh, Oh. And then when he lands, they're like, ah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's insane, but it's, I don't know. It's so again, much fun. That's not the most ridiculous falling sequence. It's when the, 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 uh, the jetpack, and then they just fall in the water and you're like, okay, we're fine. And like, Nah, I don't know about that. Like he fell. Oh, and she, way. yeah, she fell out of the, well, the helicopter blades almost hit them as he's trying yes. to. Yeah. There's and don't forget that he ran across that building on the glass too. That was, I was kind of hoping we would see something like that. And that's one of my things I, I really liked about this movie. You were like, I would really like to see him run across that building at some point. And he does. And you're like, I'd really like to see him get that jetpack, And he does. I'd really like to see them like, split two buildings like really really close and they do like all these things that five-year-old brad is like "Ooh, i want to see this i want to see this <laughs> they definitely do I, I agree um yeah. what other what other notes do you guys have about this I, I josh is there anything else we should be paying attention to in this film in terms of like the 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 amazement that we're just not going to get you know over in the state side I mean, I think you guys pretty much nailed it. Uh, the The action is ridiculous, but it's ridiculous by design. There is no intention for anyone to take any of this stuff seriously. And one of the things uh, I was talking with someone else about uh, about the popularity, specifically of Russian movie films again, and in the states, and it's it's. I think the closest comparison is between stuff like this and something like the Fast and the Furious movies. Like they're those. They're not the same movie, but they're the same type of film, like over the top action. Like, you yeah, know, and Vin Diesel can't get killed. Like he's a superhero in that exactly. movie, just like yes, I is. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, we can't we can't really complain that much when when Vin Diesel and The Rock are punching each other through walls. You know, that's that's how much different is that really than than what this guy's doing? This is yeah. honestly. I mean, he, yeah. If you think about it, it's only it's only a couple. I don't know. A couple of computer graphic cards away from a Fast and the Furious CGI wise. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, Vin Diesel drove his car off of a cliff and held onto it with magnets. Like it's, it's like it's it's the same it's the same DNA. You know, it's just a different branch of the family. You know, and uh, Fast I and just, Furious is all about family. Good job. Yeah, it is all about. Family. <laughs> um, 
as, as is this film. This film is all about family. Everyone's oh, related. that's right. Yeah. It's more than one place. Um, and I could so, have used a front porch barbecue talk about uh, Vin Diesel's father and Zaho's father. That would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they need more Coronas. They need um, a team up, I think. <laughs> I Dude, Vin, Vin knows how to get international. I mean, I, I'm not surprised at some point we don't have a Bollywood person in one of those films at some point. Uh, he got one for for the second triple X movie. The second triple or the third triple X movie had Deepika Padukone, who's one of the biggest stars oh. in uh, in India. And yeah. Donnie Yen, um, right? Donnie was Donnie Yen in that one. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and so so they've they've been creeping uh, a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's if you can if you can suspend disbelief, and if you can't after the first like ten minutes of the movie, then you're going to be in a world of hurt because it's not going to get any more realistic after that. Um. <laughs> But it's it is it's it's for the spectacle. Like if you if you want to watch for the spectacle and you're you've got three hours ahead of you that you've got nothing else to do, then absolutely give it a shot. Um, uh, just don't expect to understand a whole lot of it, <laughs> especially just... like after 20 minutes. It's already like in in full on twisting everything around mode. That's true. What, what other notes did you have, Brad? Uh, I didn't really have anything else. I I. I was surprised. I was surprised. I'm surprised too about your comment. I thought, I thought, uh, I thought you're, I didn't know what you were going to say, honestly. So, um, traditionally, Josh, we just, we just asked a question like, Hey, we, we talked about the film. Then it just comes down to decision. Uh, you know, is Saho a bomb? So I'm going to start with you, Brad. This was your pick. Um, 2019 Saho. Is it a bomb? Absolutely not. I, I kind of love this movie in a, in a certain (laughs) special way. The last, I'm telling you, man, that last hour of this movie might be one of my favorite hours of cinema I've seen in a long time. It's so stupid, but so much fun. Um, Yeah, man, it's got everything I've ever wanted. Oh, all right. All right, Josh. Now you're you're our expert and you have seen thousands more of these films. Um, So I'm really curious where this one lands. If if you would consider this one a bomb or if you'd give it a pass and say, yeah, you, you should check this one out. I'd say certainly check it out. You're bound to see uh, a lot of stuff you've never seen before. And I think that's, that's what I'm always going for, especially with these kind of, you know, big budget action movies is I just want to see something I you have, I've never seen before. Uh, and there's plenty of that. Um, again, if you can just sort of disregard the plot and just like let the movie wash over you, I think that's going to be your best bet as far as getting the most out of it. Um, because if you, like I said, you'll get, you'll get too twisted up in all the, the machinations of everyone and, and who's, who's really who and all that stuff. Um, I don't think it's worth it to try and, you know, get a family tree out for that. But I do think that a lot of the action is definitely worth checking out. I I agree with you. I I don't know if I love it to your level, Brad, because uh, there, there are other films. I think, uh, is it Singham? Um, yeah, I, I really love that one. The, the doom one and two, I haven't seen the third one commando. Um, there, there are just a whole other list where I'm like, I'm so excited to go back and watch RRR. It's friggin' amazing. And I'm so excited to see, because as, as soon as I got out of RR and started looking at that director, and I, I watched that trailer for Iga, which is the Fly movie, which I swear I thought I, I saw they were doing a sequel or something. But either way, I immediately ran onto eBay, and I'm like, where do I buy this thing? Um, and I'm waiting patiently for this one. But I, I do think this film, uh, I, I would probably tell everybody, if you're dipping your toes, go watch Doom 2. I, I like that um, analogy you said, Josh, where... 
it, it's not as crazy as this one, I don't think, and it and it's a little bit more mainstream, but it's a great introduction to kind of the energy and the action you're going to get from this type of film. And if you like that, I would definitely go and check this one out. I, I had a lot of fun with it, but it it's a mess. Um, I still don't know exactly what happened, but I know my eyeballs were enjoying the face kicking and <laughs> some of the explosions. And that last uh, sequence that leads to sort of the Mad Max thing was it's damn near brilliant. I mean, it's so out there. It, it was, it was amazing. I do have one more comment. Mm -hmm. They play foosball wrong in this movie and it drives me insane. It drives me insane <laughs> because you can't flip the things all the way around. The, the foosball, the, the, the things can't go all the way around. That's, so out of all of the stuff that we yes, talked about, that, it's that the foosball that took, that took you out of yeah, the like film. You can't, you can't play foosball like that. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. I went, I took, I was in, a fraternity for four years. I know how to play foosball. Okay. okay. Hey. Or I take it back. It was a bomb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <That> foosball. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had some listener feedback and I thought this was a great question considering we also have you on here, Josh, because outside of writing some amazing stuff, um, especially on this particular topic, you do a lot of programming for tons of film festivals. Is Fantastic Fest the one you primarily work on or are there three or four that you're doing? Uh, Fantastic Fest is my, my home. Okay. Um, well, Michael wrote in and he had this question. So he says, hello there. Several years ago, I watched a documentary about the success of Tim Burton's Batman, particularly the money spent on marketing and publicity. One analyst commented that film studios had gone from spending a modest amount of money to huge amounts in the hope of making huge box office in your coverage of box office bombs. Do you think that this approach has ever truly paid off? So Josh, I want to start with you. What, what do you think about this? Oh man, I don't know if I'm the right one for this uh, this question. Um, I I haven't really watched done much of following the of, of mainstream uh, marketing and promotion for a long time. So I, I think in in some cases it it can it can help a film that's going to make a bunch of money, make a whole bunch of money. But I don't necessarily think that it is often going to get a movie that might have broken even to get over that little hump. Like, I think more often than not, it would probably hurt that particular film. Okay. But I'm not an analyst, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's weird, right? Because like a $300 Marvel film, you're going to see it everywhere. They're going to spend another $300 million on it. You know, you're going to get the Super Bowl commercial. You're going to get the teaser. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. You're going to get the tie-ins. But it's going to make a billion dollars. Um, but yeah, like Josh was saying, it's weird because I was trying to think like, what are the mid-level movies which there aren't many anymore anyway but like when do we get those tie-ins and where do we get the marketing it's like i don't remember a huge marketing push for a movie that i wasn't already gonna see like i, I and maybe i'm just not the demo anymore but like i i can't remember the last time i didn't know about a movie and i saw like some marketing and i was like oh i'm gonna go see that and maybe we're not the right people to talk to because yeah, I was gonna say kind of follow a lot of this stuff. So you know, we we collect and we're we go to Blu-ray.com and we go to movie websites all the time. So we kind of have our ear to the ground, so we know what's coming up. But I can't remember the last time something through the marketing made me want to see a movie. That is a really. I, I'll say this: I thought it was interesting when we talked about the Iron Giant, how the studio really believed in that film after seeing it and wanted to go after the toy tie-ins and everything else to push it. But it was the director who basically said, no, we got to get this thing out now. 
and he wanted this in a particular release date, but the studio knew what they had and continued to push it even after it bombed, you know, theatrically. So I, I think that's a rare case. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if the marketing ever affects um, my decision to go see something. I know Mo Morbius just came out this week and there's every time I turn on something, I'm seeing an ad for Morbius or some little box in a website, but I still have no desire to see that film. However, I'm, yeah, it's also, it almost really has the, like the opposite effect on me. It's like the more I see the marketing is like, Oh, they're pushing this for a reason. They're doubling down because it sucks and they're trying to just get you to notice it. Yeah. And I'll say this, some of the films I'm kind of impressed with um, how they release their trailers. The one that I'm thinking of is uh, Maverick. So I know that's a film that, you know, is continuously been pushed because Top, of the pandemic. Top, Gun Maverick, Top right. Guns Maverick. The first trailer had me kind of interested. I'm an unabashed Tom Cruise Top Gun fan. I love it. Then the second trailer came out and I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm really interested because they just added to what they did in terms of the uh, trees, uh, the teaser portion of it. But I'm telling you it, this latest trailer they did, they, they knew what they had and they saved that goodness for this last trailer. And you get a glimpse of Val Kilmer, you get some aerial combat. You didn't think you ever were going to see on the big screen and it's not CGI related. And I think that is a good idea of, they are hyping it up, not just with the money they're spending, but they're really doing a good job with how they're kind of putting the content in the trailer and just, you know, slowly turning up the awesomeness in each new trailer. And I, I haven't seen that done in a while, but, um, sounds like a good plan. Yeah, I, I like it. But I, I, I agree with you, Josh is, I, I don't know if, um, I think if you're going to make a lot of money, you put a lot of marketing into it and you just make more money. Um, yeah. if it's going to bomb, it's going to bomb. <laughs> There are too many movies we've talked about that, you know, Big Trouble in Little China, which we call the perfect film. It was just decades before its time, man. I mean, in my opinion. Um, how, do you, how do you market that movie? I don't know. Hey, do, you, do you like every movie that's ever been made? Like, because this is like kind of all of them put together. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I get to pick our film for next week. And. I never even knew about this film until I think it was an article that you wrote in 2018, Josh, you had covered this film, I think at a film festival, if I, and I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, and I had tagged it and wrote it down on a piece of paper because the way you described it, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I have to see this movie. And in fact, the only way I got to see it was, um, it was selling as a Hong Kong Blu-ray I think on dddhouse.com. And as soon as I saw it got posted there, immediately bought it, watched it the day I got and just fell in love with this thing. And, and my son loves this film too. But my pick for next week is, I believe it's a 20, is it a 2018 film? I can't remember the year now. Uh, yes. That's, that's when it, that's when it played it too. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's what I have in our notes. So yes, let's say 2018. Okay. So, I'm going to say the English title and it's the man who could feel no pain. Um, but that I believe, uh, is not what it's listed on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Um, I should have prepared, but no, it's Mard Kodard Nahihota. There you go. <laughs> Mard Kodard Nahihota. Yes. So it is playing on Netflix right now. It is streaming. That's what we're going to talk about next week. And, and Josh, you were just, 
I got to tell you, I was excited about this conversation because I knew I was going to learn a lot. And man, you you were dropping knowledge bombs left and right. Would you be able to come back and talk about this film next week? Happily. I love the movie. Oh, awesome. Brad, you know nothing about this film, right? Zero. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this thing. So far, this Bollywood experience or experiment has gone swimmingly. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm not going to throw – I mean, I don't want to create a bunch of hyperbole, but the movie we're going to talk about next week is probably one of my favorites from India. I mean, I absolutely fell in love with this concept, and if you want to go and see if you're going to like it, check out the trailer. I think it's another example of a fantastic trailer that sets up the premise because you basically have a hero just walking down the sidewalk kind of talking about his condition, showing scenes from the film, and it is, it's one of the best trailers I think they've done in a long time. Very clever. Very clever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to describe it. Um, Josh, if people want to follow you, if they want to know more about you, especially like the movies that you're writing about um, and then even the programming you're doing, how where do they find you at? Um, I talk about all of that stuff on Twitter at nauseam. Uh, I'm hateful Josh on Twitter at hateful Josh. Um, you can also visit Screen Anarchy. Uh, I have a lot of reviews up there right now from uh, South by Southwest uh, Film Festival that just finished up a couple weeks ago. I uh, just started writing for the Austin Chronicle with that RRR review. So that's there. Um, those are the places you'll find me. So you're a teacher by day and a critic by night? Yes. That's pretty a, much. Yeah. That's a full time. And you got the whole family stuff too, man. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Dad, ever sleep? <laughs> man, I haven't slept in years. <laughs> Sleep's overrated. You sleep in your day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Brad, how do people write to us? And you know what? If if you're a fan of um, Bollywood films or uh, Tollywood films, anything, if you have recommendations that you think we should check out, how do they get a hold of us, Brad? All right, hold on just a second. Hold on. Yeah, what? I was just looking up the movie we're doing next week real quick, and on the Wikipedia page, our, our guest is quoted. So if you want to... Want to read it? Josh is on there. Um, yeah, that is not a bomb pot at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you can also go to notabombpodcast.com and hit the contact us button and leave us uh, a message or a suggestion or a comment, whatever you want, right there. Yeah. And I would strongly encourage you, everybody, look for Josh's article that he did when he was covering this film. Uh, it, it's what got me jazzed about this film. So when it, it is a fantastic. I mean, it's read. in the Wikipedia. It has to be good. It's in the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. And you will see. And if you start kind of tracking um, films like RR, et cetera, you're going to see Josh's name all over the stuff. But I can't stress this enough. You need to make sure you follow all the reviews that he's doing at Screen Anarchy because that, that's where I get my information in terms of which of the Indian films to go out and see and buy. So. Um, and, and Josh, most of the stuff I was surprised and you can correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of this stuff is available on Netflix and Amazon prime, right? There's a pretty good, uh, catalog. Uh, more and more these days. Yeah. Netflix and Amazon prime are the, are two of the main streaming platforms everywhere now. And so a lot of the stuff is available there. Okay. Is there a good source? I, I'm, I'm the physical media guy. I know you are too. Cause I see your collection. <laughs> I've been finding most of this stuff either through like Asian websites or eBay. Is there, is there a good website to that you would recommend if you want the physical copy of some of this stuff i mean unfortunately not anymore physical media has died completely in india so they don't even bother releasing anything uh on disc uh for the last four or five years uh you can find 
discs of dubious origin on eBay uh, pretty easily. Um, but I don't think I've been able to actually purchase any of my recent favorites in a while, probably since 2017. Uh, and even then it was kind of, uh, pain I, when I've gone to India the last few times I've tried to find shops and they're just, they don't really exist except like little bootleg carts. Oh. So sadly it's very difficult. Dang it. So they, they don't do like the keepsake slipcover boxes and all the special. Oh man, we need criteria to step up, man. I have a couple. I, you know, I've been, I've been trying. I've been working on some of them, but it, nothing's really panned out yet. So who knows? Uh, you, you need to pull some strings, man, and get us some some nice special. Like RRR needs to come out in some huge box set. I, I, I demand it. It's got to. That movie's so amazing. Uh, well, thanks again, Josh. I can't wait to talk about the next week's movie. And Brad, um, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. If you're playing along, like I said, go over to Netflix and watch it. I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. I hope you're having an awesome day. Come back next week when we talk about our second Bollywood film. And I can guarantee there's so much face kicking, like amazing face kicking in this film. It's going to blow your mind. So check it out. We'll see you next week. Don't lose your head. Don't lose your head.